Welcome to The Well, a segment of the North River Podcast, a place for women of all ages to gather and grow as we walk through our journeys of faith. Whether you're new to your devotion to Jesus or watching the legacy of a lifetime of faith unfold, we pray you find truth, laughter, and community here at The Well. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Well. Yes, welcome to our June episode. Looking forward to our conversation today. But before we jump in, we want to let you, our well community, know how much we appreciate you all. We've shared a lot of our lives during many of these conversations at the well, and we appreciate you tuning in and being part of our journey here. We also want to let you know that we are taking a break from recording in July to be able to really, you know, take a break. (laughs) And enjoy being with our families. So there won't be an episode in July, but we will be back in August. Lots to look forward to during that time between the two of us. LaToya, you've got some exciting travel Mm -hmm. plans. Yes, yes. Yeah, we do. You know, we are going to Oklahoma for a conference, um, which we I've never been to Oklahoma, so that should be fun. And then um, we're also going to... South Africa for a little bit. And so we'll be going to the Midwest and then we'll be going to the motherland. And so for all of our listeners that are in, you know, the Midwest or South Africa, we're looking forward to uh, coming out your way. If you see me at Target, hi, (laughs) there's no Target in South Africa, but you know, Woolsworth maybe, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I I did want to echo what you said, Enid, um, that we are so grateful for this community that we are building here, that you all are listening alongside of us. Um, I love getting messages saying, Hey, I heard this part of the episode and it really made me laugh or mm. this was really really relatable and it really ministered to me um so thanks for all of you all joining us on our journey with us We're, we are truly truly grateful but uh, we are taking a break for the summer mm-hmm. which is well timed so Annie, what are Annie, what are your summer plans so my sister-in-law owns 10 acres in north carolina mm. and we plan to go and have a mini family reunion there Uh, We hope to make it to the beach, of course, at some point this summer. So we're looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. And yes, we also want to say a special thank you to all our guests we've had on on this podcast, The Well. Today we have another amazing woman in the studio with us, Crystal Payne. Welcome to the podcast, Crystal. Thank you. (laughs) Hi to you guys. Hi to your (laughs) listeners. And thanks for inviting me to The Well. Crystal, we're so happy to have you here today. So just so our listeners can know a little bit about Crystal. So Crystal became a Christian in 1994 and has been married to Kevin Payne for 22 years. That's something. (laughs) That is something. That's awesome. She's a mom of three. Her kiddos, who I know personally, are incredible. They're ages 19, 17, and almost 15. That's also something. (laughs) All three kids are active in local campus and youth ministries and their respective schools. Crystal graduated from Emory University and the UGA School of Law. Go dogs. (laughs) (laughs) After passing the bars, she worked in a law firm before going to work for Hope for Children, an adoption organization. After retiring from Hope for Children. I'm not that old. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, after moving on from Hope for Children. Crystal opened her own law firm specializing in adoption and general Mm -hmm. corporate law. She currently works with Hope Worldwide, assisting their legal department, and continues handling private adoptions. 
in her spare time, what spare time, Crystal? That's right. I That's asked right. you, you, what spare time? <laughs> Crystal has homeschooled her three kids from first grade on and served in many capacities at church over the years. When she can, she also enjoys running, triathlons, reading, boating, and travel. Woo! Girl. What an honor to have you here with us, Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, before we jump in, we got a chance earlier to mention about some of our travel plans for the summer, and she just said that you love to travel. So I'm just curious, Crystal, what's kind of been your favorite travel destination so far? And I'd I'd love to know for you too, Aiden. But yeah, where have you gone that you're like, oh, this place, my favorite? Well, okay, so probably China and Hong Kong, purely from my heart perspective, because I got to meet um, some underground Christians and see the impact of missions contributions around the world. That was incredible. But just from a beauty of your eye location, it would be Greece or Spain or Hawaii. Wow. So very fun. I love that. For me, it's definitely Rome. Mm. I loved being there. I read the Book of Romans while I was there, and it was so surreal. And as I'm walking through, like, the, you know, the ruins in the middle of the city, which, by the way, is like walking through first century ruins in the middle of New York City. Mm. So I'm walking through, and I'm thinking, like, my first century brothers and sisters were here. There, I'm standing in the temple where possibly they stood or the Mm -hmm. Apostle Paul. It was just so cool. How about you, LaToya? That is cool. It reminds me of my husband recently went to Turkey, and he said mm. something similar of what that experience was like. Um, wow, for me, it's it's hard to choose, but I think I love how you differentiated, Crystal, that there's a, a heart level that makes it a favorite, and then there's like a visual and like just beauty level that makes it a favorite. And I think if I went to the visual side, I'd have to say Cape Town, South mm. Africa. Cape Town is beautiful. It's the views from the coast. There's mountains, the beach. Like you're sitting on the beach and there's gigantic mountains like right behind you. Like it's gorgeous. The sushi, the vineyards, the people just like, oh, my gosh, it is it is like the best experience. And we went to see the pi- the, the penguins. I was going to say the pigeons. We don't want to <laughs> see pigeons. <laughs> the penguins. They're, they're, it's just really, really cool. So um, my sister-in-law is also from South Africa. Um, so we have extended family in South Africa whenever we visit, which is a special place in my heart. I love them. There's the bonus family is so, so sweet. So uh, South Africa, South Africa is definitely like a fan favorite for me. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I know you'll enjoy mm-hmm. being there. Well, as this episode is airing, we have just celebrated Father's Day, and I want to dive into our topic for the day. We titled today's podcast, The Good, Good Father. So we're centering our conversation around the passage in Romans 7, verse 14 to 16, which says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So many of us listening, and even among the three of us in the studio, we have varying experiences with our fathers, which we'll discuss. But Crystal, as someone who has worked closely with adoption organizations, what hits you as you read this passage from a spiritual perspective, knowing the intricacies of physical adoption? Well, I think most important is how we all as humans, adopted, biological, however we enter a family, we long to be loved as children. 
And we as earthly children and God's adopted children treasure the permanency and solidity of family. I mean, we get to celebrate the joy and the sadness. I mean, it's not just joy. Adoption, there's sadness there Mm. too. So it's incredible to celebrate both this joy and the sadness of being chosen as family on earth and in heaven. Mm. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. And I never um, thought about the sad side of adoption because that does mean your biological if something is going going on in the biological family that warrants adoption being necessary um, and even from a spiritual perspective that is also true something is going on on the earthly side <laughs> that is completely wrong and yes. we need to be adopted we need to be taken in into a safe home with God and his family so I appreciate you mentioned that you know the passage also mentions this sweet terminology of endearment where we get to call him Abba Father like that that sweetness of intimate closeness with someone and um, I'm just curious for you all like when you pray how do you address how do you address God are you are you Abba are you daddy are you Mm. Papa are you God are you father and it might ebb and flow but I'm just curious I honestly just say God but but sometimes I put father Mm. in there Mm -hmm. I tend towards father or dad and occasionally Abba um, it's really fun. We were part of a Jewish community center once, and we would go to the pool in the summertime with our kids, and the kids would run around yelling, Abba, Abba. Mm. And I was like, it really is how they call their father. That mm. is cool to witness. So, yeah. And it's really fun to listen to Ashley play, pray because she'll just say, Dad. And I'm like, oh, that is the sweetest term of endearment. Yeah, that is sweet. Yeah, I, I rotate. I feel like most, mostly it kind of similar to you, like God. Um, but I feel like when I'm, when I'm in a certain headspace and I – I need to go, go a little bit deeper in my prayer. I, I start with Father, you know, mm-hmm. like, so it, it's just interesting how we all connect in different ways so uniquely. But, you know, the scripture in Romans mentions not living in fear when it comes to the posture of seeing God as our Father. And I know for me, I personally did not grow up with a dad in the home. And I know I'll get to share a little bit more of how that impacted my faith and the redemptive story God is even writing right now in that relationship with my dad. But for many women, including myself, fear does play a role in our dynamic with our dads. And it's not always like a healthy fear. You know, it's it's clear God wants us to feel otherwise with him, you know. So for you, Crystal, how would you describe the dynamic you had with your father and how that has impacted your faith with your spiritual father? Such a good question because I think it really does. My dad was an incredible man. He was a hard worker, a provider, an advisor. He he just, he wasn't very verbally or physically expressive. And so that could leave me feeling very fearful that I was not loved, that I'm not loved. And it was an amazing story because when my dad passed away, his very last words to me were, I love you. Mm. And it was the fifth time in my whole life that I've ever heard him say those words to me. And I think it was really God's gift because those words were exactly what I needed to hear to be secure that he loved me and that God loves me. And um, the effect spiritually for me, fearing your father relationship with your dad, I think I can tend to be a hard worker and an advisor and a fixer, and I can lean on those traits instead of turning to God's biblical and unending and limitless love. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see how my dad's relationship affected my own relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So interesting the way the physical experience really does overlap and impact the spiritual in so many ways. 
my biological father disappeared from the time I was six years old to 13. And it took me two decades to accept that God will never desert me like that. Mm, Wow. Wow. And I want to emphasize that you just said it took you two decades. Mm -hmm. Like this is not Mm -hmm. a, I said this prayer and wow, everything is different. You know, I, I, I feel like sometimes when, even when we read scripture, we can read verse one and forget that verse two was 75 years later. You know, right. that, that time is something that, you know, is on our side and for better, or for worse is needed for healing. You know, speaking of time, you know, for me, I went 25 years not seeing my dad. Um, my mom never remarried. So he, there was just like a gap, a, a empty spot there in my life. And uh, from eight years old to the fall of last year, my dad was basically out of the picture, like, no Christmas card, no birthday, no no attendance to sports and pageants and all the million things I got wow. myself involved in. <laughs> he just never reached out. And, you know, I so I spent a lot of my life wondering what what's wrong with me that a father would walk away from a perfectly good kid. Sure. I must not be a perfectly good kid. You know, mm-hmm. there must be something wrong with me. Um, and I distinctly remember the first time I read Psalms 103.13, Uh, It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And y'all, I slammed my Bible shut in in rage and out in frustration and disappointment and all those things. And I and I I told God, like, how how do you expect me to relate to you when you didn't give me a father? You know, how how am I supposed to look at something that says as a father has compassion? I'm like, my dad didn't have compassion on me like so, of course, God, I don't feel like you will have compassion on me. I can't have compassion on myself. And um, so I, I've definitely been mad at God as a father, and I'm grateful that he can handle that. I'm grateful that God is the father that is not insecure, um, but that he He can handle me being like, no, I'm mad at you. I don't understand this, and I don't like it, and therefore I'm mad at you. And, and he's so gracious, and he he is so patient. But, yeah, our physical father experience, it definitely impacts our spiritual father and the expectations we have and the narrative we kind of subconsciously sure. write um, because of that experience. Mm. You know, I was slow to see this, but one way God has been so compassionate with me is that he blessed me with an incredible bonus dad when my mom remarried. He's really the only dad who's raised me. And the older I become, the more I grasp God's compassion and his patience with me when I haven't trusted that he, God alone, really is the good father. So Crystal, I want to ask you, what moments in your faith journey would you say you had to fight to learn or or relearn that God was good? Obviously, you had a beautiful relationship with your own earthly father, who was a great man. But what was it like building your own faith in God's goodness as your father? I want to go back to what LaToya said and and what you said, that it's decades and time. And so when you ask me that question, the first word that comes to my brain is construction, because I think that's really how my faith is. It's under construction. Even when it's finished and wonderful, there are always things that need to be fixed or constructed or remodeled. Mm -hmm. So I would say that learning for me, learning to trust God's goodness required and continues to require giant leaps of faith, which always reminds me of my favorite movie, which is um, 
going to sound crazy, but it's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> My favorite scene is the one at the very end where he's in the cave and he has to do these three tests. And I think the tests are humility. He has to be penitent. He has to know God's name, the spelling of God's name. And then he has to just leap in faith. And I, I feel like that movie is such an example, that, that moment is such an example for me of my faith because it requires that I be humble, that I know God, his mm. word, who he is, and then that I jump in trust, that I literally just leap in faith. So for me, I think God shows up the most in the small surprises of every day. So the green light when I'm running late, the um, kind word when I'm having a bad moment, the rain when I forget to water my plants. I mean, those (laughs) sound silly, right? But for me, they're my imperfections. And that's when God shows up. Mm. And I think that's so special. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I will have to confess, I've never seen that movie. So I'll jot that down <laughs> to change. Um, but, you know, as you were talking, I thought about, you know, a while back, some young women in the campus ministry and I, this is years ago, we read a book called God Distorted by John Bishop. Basically, this book is about this conversation, how wow. your view of God will, how your view of your earthly father will affect your view of God. And it's cool because part one really talks through every kind of type of father where, you know, and you might read the one that you relate to or, you know, whatever. And then the second half is all about God. And and it's really cool. I want to read a quote from it. John Bishop, he writes, we have to begin by tearing down a wall of preconceived ideas and distorted images of God that have been created by the images projected by our earthly fathers which goes to your point of construction, right? Like I loved that, that you are, there's, there is a demo day required <laughs> before we start to build, right? And uh, I just, I'm curious, what would you all say is the danger in never separating the image of an earthly father from the image of God the Father? You know, there's definitely a danger in that, absolutely. We live in a sinful world, And many of our fathers have hurt us, abandoned us, fallen extremely short of even being a quote unquote good dad. Uh, You know, all these hurts, they naturally create a lack of trust, which, of course, often taints our trust in God as women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, reorienting construction. It's all this built together because I think our view of our Heavenly Father, no matter how our earthly father, our view of our earthly father, no matter how good or bad, air quotes, you know, for those of you who are listening, air quotes, um, no matter how good or bad he is judged to be, he cannot and will not ever be perfect. And he can't work for our good and the good of those around us in every circumstance. And he can't be certain of the consequence of a decision 20 years from now. But God Mm -hmm. can, and that's what's incredible to me. I think of Matthew 7. It says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? Or James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. That's Amazing. I I think it back to this book, you know, I mentioned that we read this and I want to read another quote from it. It is it is powerful. I would recommend that book. Um, This is not an ad. (laughs) I I genuinely think that was a really powerful book. But um, the author writes, how we see God matters more than any other thing about our lives. 
And yet, as we have already learned, the image, the image is intrinsically tied to our imperfect fathers. It has been shaped by our experiences, memories, wounds, relationships, both good and bad with our dads. Stated simply, we cannot see God clearly if we see him as a bigger version of our fathers. That is a twisted, distorted view. God is not a bigger version of your earthly father. And wow, I I cannot express how huge that was for me to read for for the first time. Um, It kind of cut this umbilical cord between my earthly father and my spiritual father because, you know, my physical father is the one you meet first, essentially. And you, I, I, let me say I, I was taking some of those attributes and through that cord, feeding it into God. And I love it. He's not a bigger, making him bigger. You know, like if my dad is this, then God must be a bigger version of that. And and God's all powerful. So what kind of weapon do you have to be absent and powerful? Like that is scary. And, you know, cutting that umbilical cord, it was and has been so freeing to learn how to get to know God the Father unconnected to my earthly father. It just felt like a blank slate that I was able to fill over time, a lot of time, um, to get to know God himself. Yeah. Mm. So, LaToya, I know the narrative surrounding your earthly father has changed in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Can you share a bit about that and how that's impacted your view of God, if at all? Yes, yes, for sure. Well, you know, I wish I could say that three years ago I was fasting and praying for God to change my relationship with my dad. I was not. I I was not. That's not where I was at. And through no desire or prayer of my own, God worked on my heart for the last decade, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, Books like Distorted God, conversations over years about forgiveness and Jesus showing me my constant need for forgiveness. God just over time, slowly but surely, God turned my heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And when my dad reached out to me after I had my second child, he was wanting to be more consistent. And at that point, God gave me the moment to moment step-by-step ability to engage in that relationship. Um, And so just a week ago, I had sushi with my dad on a father-daughter lunch for the first time in my life. You know, that that did not just happen. You know, that didn't just kind of fall into place. It It was grueling. It was grueling. It was hard. And it was honest and it was really terrifying you know at times because mm-hmm. there's a lot of risk there mm-hmm. when you're re-engaging in a relationship and with that dynamic and mm-hmm. you know especially when it came to meeting in the per- first meeting in person after two years of phone conversations again mm-hmm. time two years mm-hmm. <laughs> of phone conversations yes. right like yes. But it all points me, as far as how it affected my faith, to the redemptive nature and power of God. Like, there is no earthly reason I should be building a relationship with my dad after two decades of right. absence. There's mm-hmm. there's no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with our cancel culture and I don't need you mentality. Like, I have all that in me, you know? And so, but God moved, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I genuinely believe this is probably... The closest I will ever get to walking on water in my faith is walking in this this scenario with my father. And I think about Peter. I don't think he woke up that morning saying, God, I hope I like defy all elements and like, <laughs> like make physics wrong. You know, like he was not expecting that morning to do a, like a divine act that literally he could not do on his own. Mm. And I think that's how I would describe this experience with my dad. Like I 
am not waking up, was not waking up praying, God, give me this. But God said, hey, I'm over here. I'm in the water. Get out of the boat. Take a step. Walk with me. And through quivering knees and handshaking and it's it's been a beautiful scary process mm, <laughs> um but it. god but god is doing that and i just see god telling me my next step and i might i might totally sink at any point this could all go wrong but so far we haven't sunk yet so well i think it's just totally amazing the story you're telling because i it, your intentionality at, at continuing to walk into the water you know thinks makes me think of the song deep deep waters mm-hmm, oceans oceans yep i think um you just keep moving in there, and God is loving that. That's what's special, right? The perfect father, the good, good father, he's looking down, and he's like, I'm so proud of her. Look at her sweeping in the deep end. That's amazing, mm. right? And what you also said is incredible to me is that how God is going to use your choice to engage in this particular character development to train your kids. Mm. That's so special. Mm. Mm. This is amazing. I really think this is, I mean, I know this has helped my heart today. I think this is going to help so many people today. And as we close, I want to read a passage in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. John writes, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And I love that word, lavished. You know, God is a God who desires to lavish his love on us, right? And it starts with him giving us the chance to become his children, his daughters. Our main listeners at the well are women in various seasons of faith. And Crystal, you are the only one in the room with a daughter right now, fun fact. (laughs) What would you say to God's daughters listening now who don't necessarily find themselves in a season where they feel particularly lavished in love by God? When we don't feel like we are his children, what would you say to minister to that daughter that God so dearly loves? Well, it's going to sound kind of funny when I read it, but don't. But, but well, let me get to the end. But mm-hmm. it says, um, I would say Deuteronomy 4, 9, but watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. So if I were a singer, I would start singing memories, <laughs> you know, but I'm not a singer and that would be a <laughs> terrible thing. But I, I do think what you've been talking about today, your experiences, Latoya and Anid, your, your, your experiences with your dad, it's those hard moments are some of the most endearing moments. Mm-hmm. And so our hardest moments for, for the women, the listeners who are in different stages of faith, I just think those hard moments are the moments that draw us nearer mm-hmm. to God. They mm-hmm. give us such a different perspective on who he is and how he loves us. And I think if we can just um, remember his sheltering arms, remember how much he loves us, remember these stories like the ones we're hearing today, and then keep his perspective Continue listening to podcasts like The Well and the conversations that follow from these kind of conversations, the conversations that follow podcasts like this. They remind us of who God is. They put us back in a place of remembering our good, good father, not necessarily tied to our earthly father. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. But ultimately, they just draw us back to God, which is the most important thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I love that. The idea of God sheltering arms. You know, you don't need a shelter on vacation. You need a shelter in the storm. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's raining and you're uncomfortable and you're scared, you need a place to go back to. And I think as daughters, as little girls, right, like when you're scared, even my sons, right, like when they're scared, they look for me. They look for where's where can I go? Where's base? And just I love that reminder that you shared that God, when the storm is happening, God is still there, mm-hmm. and you are you are in His sheltering arms. That that the access to Him is what makes Him a good good father. Not that the storm never happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so thank you for for sharing that. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Crystal. Um, to our art audience, we pray that something in our conversation today was food for your soul, wherever you are in your faith with God and in your walk, you know. We echo that God is the good father, and whether we feel it all the time or not, he has every intention and ability to guide you, protect you, teach you, and comfort you through the ups and downs of life before heaven. And as we talked about today, that might take decades Mm -hmm. to see the fruit Mm -hmm. of, but don't give up. You Mm -hmm. might be two years shy of everything changing, but it's still two years. Two years is a long time to be in a storm, right? And I'm talking to myself in that as well. But and two years of construction. Yes, two years of construction, which if you haven't heard, I uh, there's some construction going on in the building we're recording in. And so I feel like the Holy Spirit was like, you guys are talking about earthly father, <laughs> spiritual father. There's earthly construction and spiritual yes. construction. So, so welcome to the reality of the world, you know. Um, but we, we pray that his presence bring you pe- brings you peace. Um, and even when your tangible circumstances don't look like it, that God is there to be that sheltering arm for you. Um, just a reminder. We will not be having an episode released in July, but we look forward to returning to this special place we've created, The Well, in August with you all. Mm -hmm. Um, Look out for an episode on August 18th. Mark your calendars. Thank you so much again, Crystal, for joining us. Thanks for letting me be here. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Ain't it? It is always a joy to share this space with you, my friend. It's it's such a gift. Um, Happy summer, everyone, and we will see you again at The Well. Bye. See you in August. (laughs) 